Hi, I'm Orda McInnes. And I'm Ricardo Dakin. And this is The Recommendation Game, a weekly film podcast where we take turns to recommend a film, we watch, and then we meet to discuss it. So this week's film is My Darling Clementine, directed by John Ford, produced by Samuel G. Engel, written by Samuel G. Engel and Winston Miller, cinematography by Joseph MacDonald, edited by Dorothy Spencer, starring Henry Fonda, Victor Mature, Kathy Downes, Linda Darnell and Walter Brennan. The INDB synopsis is a Western retelling the tale of the shootout at OK Corral. <laughs> Whoa. That's a good one. That is literally it. Did they watch the same movie before? Like, <laughs> that's not Tombstone starring Kurt Russell. That's a retelling of OK Corral. God damn it. So this week's film was chosen by Ricardo. So Ricardo, why did you choose this film? Well, it's a movie that has been with me for quite a long time. It's, I used to watch like westerns on Sunday afternoon mm. movies kind of thing, like old school uh, westerns. That, is that here or in No, no, life? no. Like back when I was like six or seven. Okay. Cause, and yeah. half of them were shit because they were B-movies kind of thing. And mm. you, but I was too young to un- understand how bad they were because that's all I knew about westerns. Yeah. And then you get movies like My Darling Clementine and I was like, oh, it's shit because it's in black and white. And the film kind of stuck with me. And then I rewatched it like a few years ago. And it really stuck with me. Like I really enjoyed the movie. Mm. Then uh, when we were discussing like films to pick for this podcast, I thought that we hadn't picked a proper Western yet. Oh, Ooh, slide Ooh, digs. Slide digs. And uh, I know for a fact that you don't have a huge background of watching Westerns. Yeah. So I felt that it was a, a genre ripe for mining, let's say. Yeah. And I just went straight to the top. Uh, you had to pick John Ford, obviously, yeah. if you were yeah. picking a Western. I didn't realize how well regarded the movie was in the sense <laughs> that I was like, oh, shit. After telling you what movie it was, mm. I was like, I hope it's as good as I remember because I hadn't seen it in a few years. Reading it for two seconds, like in Wikipedia, like... Uh, Sign and Sound from the top 50 directors or whatever uh, of the 10 best films they had seen. My Darling Clementine showed up over 10 times. Really? Yeah, it's uh, one of the, like it's, together with the searches, is considered the best Western ever made. And with that segue, uh, do you think that it is warranted the regard? Oh, another sigh. <laughs> Um, no, I absolutely bloody love this movie. <laughs> oh, I thought that I was in another... Do you like that? Do you like that? I did oh, a little... Uh... Fucking fake out. <laughs> um, no, I I had certain expectations um, of this film and they were just surpassed on every level. Like, you know, I... This is probably... I think I've only seen one other John Ford movie, I think. Searchers? Yeah, I don't think I've seen any other ones, but you know, I I know westerns, I know the tropes, I know the genre, I know what to expect from them. <clears throat> so, yeah, this film just surprised me in so many different ways, and it, I like it as well that like, e- even though it's it's predictable to a large extent, you kind of know really where it's going once you kind of get into it. You kind of know how it's going to end. But it still managed to surprise me in so many ways. And even when you knew what was going to happen, it was just so enjoyable. Like, this film just ripped along. I, I think it was like an hour and 40 minutes or something. You know, it 
never drags. Like, I think one of my favourite things about this film, and afterwards I looked up to see whether or not it was ever actually classed as a comedy. Because this film is fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Well, like any film where why it's uh, what they say, White Earp is the most famous lawman from the West. Yeah. The film has nothing to do with real life. Yeah. Yeah. I I read that afterwards that it's not really an accurate representation really of, of, I think it's in several ways, not really even of the actual shootout or anything, but But I don't don't think that really matters. (laughs) But every White Earp film hinges on Doc Holliday. If yeah. you don't have a good hot dog holiday yeah. and a good relationship between White Earp and Doc Holiday, yeah. the film sucks. Yeah. Like, White Earp is one of the most film characters of all time. Yeah. And this is by far the best interpretation of the story mm. and one of the least accurate. But yeah, that but makes I, sense because it's a movie. It's not I a I don't think story. that matters. I mean, this is not a character that I'm, you know, I'm not a massive Western. Not that I'm not a Western fan, but it's not a genre that I've seen that much of. So I don't, I'm not as aware of like the very famous characters as you would be. So from my perspective, it really, it doesn't matter that this is inaccurate to the actual characters of what really happened. Because as a film, it just works in so many ways. By the way, extremely pleased that you really like this movie. Really? Because I was going to get really pissed off. <laughs> because You like... cannot dislike this movie. Like, they're just... It's, it's the most kind-hearted Western it, that I've ever it really, seen. It, like, even whenever, like, you know, when people are dying and stuff, or even whenever, like, you know, like, scenes that you're are slightly, you know, like, not politically correct as it seems doesn't even cover it. Like, whenever he drags the, the, poor, the Indian, the poor Native American guy out of the place, and he's like, what are you doing giving alcohol to an Indian? To an Indian? And then just tells him to fuck off. Like, it, I just, I love that then, the whole thing when the whole town is round, and they turn around, and he's like... You know, we got a job for sheriff. <laughs> but I think that in a way, like, uh, um, not to do my old knowing from where John Ford has <laughs> come from. It's interesting that you mentioned that, like, uh, I have it here in my notes. I think that is on purpose. Yeah, he's been on PC mm. on purpose in a way that at the time would uh John Ford is. Yeah, no. Oh, well, yeah, obviously, like it's not. But not in the sense of like I'm. Like the opinion of the time is bad. I think that he's making that statement as a in the forties, in the forties, as a mistake that White Orb makes mm. in the sense of being racist to Indians. Because if you watch his other he's work, he's a hero of his time. Yeah, but even with uh, she wore a yellow ribbon and uh, the searchers <clears> and <throat> everything, John Ford famously evolved throughout his career, his opinion on things. Mm. And the fact that he was also so dismissive of his own skills yeah, um, made him even more interesting as a director, that he's clearly an artist. And it's not like films like this, this is Jean-Luc Godard's favorite Western. <laughs> <laughs> And one of the reasons I can't hear the cinema exist <laughs> is because they love John Ford. Well, I knew that they, I knew that they love John Ford, but that's quite funny. I'm not surprised though um, that this is his favorite western because even Godard could not hate this movie. Yeah, like, like and it hasn't <clears> aged <throat> at all. Yeah, like uh, in no, like uh, some because like I had to keep reminding myself that this was what 46, because this feels like 
like a much much later western like it's not even as a western but just as a film and the dialogue like and the how, performances like, every, like just how how like sharp it is like the humor is sharp like so some of the lines are absolutely oh, my favorite, brilliant like, my favorite line that i was gonna <laughs> save it for afterwards yeah but since you say it is like when they ask for mac the back t- bartender, the bartender he goes mac have you ever been in love <laughs> and he says no i have been a bartender all my life and I then, just lost that's it. it that's it like that's just it's this quick like it's so sharp but there's even like there's some like just great kind of like slapstick kind of like whatever um kind of in the middle of the movie i think whenever it's well whenever the big thing with that like you know oh we've, we finally got a church and i was like that's not a church that's a bell on stilts <laughs> Um, but like, and then the two brothers are going off, and they walk past Chihuahua, and he starts like neighing at a horse, and she just fucks a pail of water on him. It's like just oh my god, and the whole thing with like um the I, I actually you know I was thinking, did they have theater in in the yeah, West? yeah like they, did they, they you have a like proper yeah, I yeah. didn't know I was kind of I was like, trying it, to pinpoint it, when exactly this is supposed to be set. I'm kind of like it's 1870 something like okay, it's after so it's a civil then. war kind yeah, of yeah. thing uh, <laughs> but they, they will have it's like how vaudeville started actually since you mentioned that i'll give you two references to tv shows that i know that you really like deadwood and then nope that i'm wondering if you picked up upon. sabrina there's now so sabrina nope. that rips off about 15 things in this nope. film <laughs> number one the doc holiday wide up relationship mm-hmm it's pretty much a mirror to Boy Crowder and Wyland Givens. Ah, actually, that's quite funny because I did actually think of Raylan, but I forgot about Boyd because I was thinking about Deadwood because of Bullock. And yeah. then I was thinking about Raylan and I was thinking about that actor. But I didn't actually think about Boyd Crowder. That's quite funny. And uh, the second one? That, that is the best thing about Justified is that relationship. Like, Yeah, and it's like <clears throat> what I was saying before that like... Uh, uh, any film about Wyatt Earp lives and dies by the relationship yeah, between yeah, Wyatt yeah, yeah. and Doc. Yeah. And the bromance, like. The other thing. And the three this is, You're going to be impressive that I picked up on. Okay. Oh, lay it on me. The West Wing. The actor is very similar to the British diplomat, yes? Uh, yes. He's pretty yeah, much the he's same a, character. He's a Lord John Marbury, all right. Yeah. The actor is called Alan Mowbray. And knowing Aaron Sorkin <laughs> is not <laughs> random. All right. We need to write into the West Wing Weekly immediately for the next George John Marbury episode. Because we know that he likes to steal names as well. Yeah. So not just like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And spelled exactly the same. <clears throat> and it's the same character. He's a womanizer, drunk British guy <laughs> that thinks he's above everybody else and <laughs> speaks about Shakespeare. And like, like the setup is very film noir rather than western it's like a revenge story yeah and, it, and then it just jumps to this poetic pacing for the movie it's like you like, think it's gonna be one thing and then yeah. it's another like but it, even like even kind of bringing in clementine is kind of like sort of in a lot of ways she's kind of superfluous to what's actually going on like you know when you think like the title or whatever that this is going to be because whenever she appears i was like oh this is i I was like this is it they're gonna fight over clementine and then like in the end it's not really about that at all like she's just kind of there and i i love the ending so much because i love the ending because you know it's so kind of positive but also kind of bittersweet that he just that he has to leave and he just rides off this chaste kiss on the cheek i know (laughs) he's just kind of staring at her like 
yeah fondest um, performance is like out of this oh, world for so like even when he's just sitting there at the grave of his brother yeah it's so moving like, i know he even sells the line of reading the birth date yeah. and the death date oh, and, only 18 and it's oh man it's gonna, like, what does he say he's, something along the lines of like we're gonna make this town into a place where you know you could have lived a full life or something or it's like yeah. safely but it, it, that's that i think that is one of the strengths of this film is that it manages to have you know really quite poignant moments like that not just from his performance but in other scenes as well then mixed in with like this crazy nearly caper like it's just it's just like you know these like the humor and the poignancy are handled without it ever feeling jarring or feeling you know like it's just very very well handled very well performed and just it just crooks along like it's a really really genuinely straight up entertaining film and it's so it, it proves that action is not necessary for fun let's yeah. say especially like in a western it's a build-up to a shootout but you have the the first murder happens off screen yeah the when he brings down your man happens off screen the only shootout really is the ending there's no yeah. action in between <clears throat> and it's not even that long really because I think I got up at some point and I paused it and I looked and there was only like, I think maybe 11 minutes left and I hadn't even got to the shootout yet. You know, the shootout is obviously like the climax, but it's not this big, long, drawn out thing. And in a way, like, I think the villains of, um, what are the, what's the name of the family, the father and the sons? The Clanton clan. Um, yeah, like they're not even, they're not really very like effective villains, really. Like yeah. they're not, you know, they're not great in a shootout. They're not particularly menacing or whatever but like you know it feels like the film needs to go there because they you know they are they killed his brother they need to be taken care of in, in the coolest fashion possible like you know just <laughs> walking around cool. <laughs> this is family business yeah like the in the end like the 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 shootout isn't really that sort of uh, important to the the overall run of things but um although i do think that um doc does have a fantastic death caused by his own black lung um <laughs> Well, no, it's uh, TB. Is it TB? Yeah, like a yeah. uh, Doc had TB, like yeah. uh, uh, in real life. Like, like when Wyatt meets Doc, is just brilliant oh filmmaking. That... Like the undercurrent of tension there, and then when but caught with like little bits, where like when he puts the uh, the chips into his hat and just puts it on his head. <laughs> it's just brilliant, and then just walks over and sits oh. beside him. That that little exchange is probably what like my favorite scene in the whole movie. Like just how like the way it's played, and like with the bartender and everything in the background, and then how like the champagne and oh, it's just glorious. And, and then, then like, how he it, pulls it the gun, and it, 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 the the Wyatt knows that his brothers are backing him up, so he doesn't need the gun. Yeah, the, he doesn't even have it on him. Um, it like ends it ends basically with them going on a theater date <laughs> like yeah. it's just so bizarre but fantastic like this is also john ford's first film since he came back from world war ii and doing propaganda films for the u.s army mm. and i think that it's telling by the the actual emotional contact regarding to death mm. in the movie it's one of the few westerns at that time that actually takes death seriously yeah, well, even that they leave to go back to tell their father, really. Like, that's why they leave. You know, it's just the kind of touch that you don't see the idea of the weight of death. And 
that within these like ridiculous shootouts in saloons or whatever or whatever's going on that you actually feel that when someone dies there are consequences to it it doesn't feel as kind of like throw away or you know overly sort of not dramatic but like death for the sake of drama yeah and i love even like how it subverts expectations throughout the movie his brother dies you think that he's gonna go off the handle and start like the okay corralling straight away (laughs) yeah and then i did think that the start it kind of like goes into a lull but even like when the the actor doesn't show up and they're like, oh, Let's the riot. mob forms and it's like, oh, we just want to like pull him in the pile on and like carry him around town. <laughs> carry him out on a rail. Yeah, on yeah. the rail. Wyatt is like, yeah, that's a reasonable punishment. <laughs> but no. <laughs> and you think because he's a drunk that he's going to be a terrible actor? Yeah. Like he's a fantastic actor. It keeps doing this over and over. Even like with the character of Clementine, that it was mm. one of the, the questions that I was going to have. Yeah. Is that I feel that as she walks in you think oh she's gonna be the damsel in distress that white is gonna need to save etc etc and i think especially for the 40s but even nowadays like considering that it's a period piece like you can't go off the handle and thinking that in 1870s america women have full rights etc etc as a character she is as well developed as any of the male characters yeah if not more and also she's really interesting like you think that like she'd be just a love interest kind of ploy yeah like well we that's kind of like dividing. when she first as soon as she appears i was like oh and then as you kind of get to know her more like even i love that little scene even though it's relating to doc like whenever she kind of goes in and around her his her his room and she's kind of looking at everything and she's just kind of like that's a lovely little scene where she kind of like touches things and she's like mm, that's a lovely photo and she kind of looks at his um his like medical degree or whatever and she's like no oh, you know he really is a good surgeon you know it like speaks to like their past and it and kinda... also the fact that like they don't uh, show away from the fact that she's a single woman traveling across the West. That she, no, yeah. it, it, everywhere the yeah, the everywhere the white and his brothers went, mm. she probably went the same way. Yeah, and takes a tough lady in a way yeah. to to get like in completely without losing. That passion for life and gaining the cynicism that Wyatt has and Doc has. Mm. And it's a weird movie that it begins that the main character is a cynic. Mm. And the first action in the movie is the death of his younger brother. Mm. And the film ends with him killing a bunch of people and feeling romantic. I know. Sorry, my question was, do you agree with the statement before? Question about the the female character. Do you think that female characters altogether, like Chihuahua and Clementine, Um, yeah, like I think Clementine is more interesting than Chihuahua is because Chihuahua is all surface, all like you know she's aggressive, but she is playing. She is that character of like you know in a lot of those films and indeed in real life back in the day, you could only ever be two things as a woman. You either be the loudmouth, brash prostitute or else you could be you know a society woman where uh you know you needed a man to look after you because you had no real you know control over your life you had no agency therefore you were a delicate flower so she is an interesting portrayal of that because even though she is kind of like brash or whatever she's still very engaging and i think her scenes with doc and her scenes with um, Wyatt are quite interesting as well. But I think Clementine is altogether a better character. But, but do you think that Chihuahua perhaps are, is putting it on a bit? 
In oh, the yeah, sense yeah, that yeah. The it's way that front. she yeah, yeah. she portrays it, like she is with Doc purely for the money, mm. but clearly she feels emotionally attached to him. Mm. Well, even when she kind of breaks down and kind of tells him that she'd gone off and gotten the the little medal thing, you know, yeah. and she she feels genuinely bad about it. Like I do actually, just on a side note, I do love that scene whenever um he's trying to get it out of her where she got it. And he's using, like, Wyatt's using her feelings for, her very clear feelings at this point for Doc to get the information out of her. Like, I love, that's a lovely little, like, just the three of them and that kind of, like, um, scenario. It's a lovely little scene. But yeah, no, like, I think it is obviously a front. Like, it, she made me think of, um, what do you call her's character in uh, Westworld, actually. And this is the only time I ever thought of Westworld because I wasn't a massive fan of Westworld, but um, the saloon... No, no, no. What do you call I haven't it? seen Westwood, so... Ah, uh, okay. Well, then this doesn't... Tandy move. Newton. Tandy Newton's character, yeah. Yeah, and how, like, her character doesn't really manage to do what Chihuahua does. Yeah. And that, you know, it's obviously just a front and that she's tough and behind it she's got this kind of, like, past and everything. And but she's neither the, uh, the prostitute with the heart of gold. Yeah, either. she's kind of doing a few things there, which I think is, is, is interesting considering that she's not in it that much like she only gets like a few really you know like a few small moments within scenes like a lot of what she's doing is just kind of like you know playing music with you know subtext <laughs> and uh trying to cheat on cards i love that scene when the uh, harry fonda is yeah i, I can't win a poker because that... it's the most dishonest town <laughs> i've ever been in but that that entire scene from the start of that when she like you know, and he like to the point where he fucks her into the water and then goes back in, Doc turning up, and then like that whole scene within that bar is just brilliant. Like, oh, the cinematography is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, the, especially the indoor shit, like yeah. the, the smoke in the rooms and everything. The, like, uh, the, the interesting thing about Westerns is that for me, it's one genre where I always have a weird wish that it wasn't black and white because. I just think that there's so much to be offered from the kind of, especially in like that kind of desolate waste town. Yeah. And, you know, like just like the amazing wide shots and everything. But the point at which this film made me go, nope, this is amazing, is whenever he goes in and he takes the Indian. And just like that, that whole thing's, you know, you never go into the room. It's all played through the doorway and everything. And then he comes out and it's like, it's just unreal like it's just it's so it's so like the contrast is just beautiful and then whenever he comes out into the street and all the smoke yeah. like when they're in the bar inside but there is moments that you can pause in the movie like for one the how white sits down like how he sits against the pole mm. so iconic like with one yeah. foot down and then almost back. like in the kind of side shots almost like silhouetted like and how and even i think there's a, the first like the first, I think he probably, I think he does that in one scene, but like, where I think it's from like the doorway looking out and you see him and he's got his foot up. Like, it's just brilliant. He's just, and then when Clementine is there, he just starts playing like a kid, kind of yeah. like, but you see, like, I love, I love the change in his body language from like when he's like, he's not like the tough man, he's a cool customer. Like, there's nothing that ruffles 
Wyatt. Nothing. Yeah, when uh, Doc's he says not his name, wa- everybody know. knows his exploit in Dodge City. Yeah. And the, you know, there's an the implication that the audience also knows. There's never like a mention. He's a cool customer. He yeah. just is. No, no, he just is. It's just, you know, how he's portrayed, everything he says, his body language. As soon as she gets off the stage, coach. Uh, but yeah, just how his, his stance, everything about how he speaks, the way he's looking down at her with like such like polite fondness. You know, like it's, yeah. And even how he talks about her later, like, and it, you know, very politely and how, like, you know, she, you know, I don't understand how any woman could have, or any man could let her go, you know, but he's doing it so tentatively because it's like, you know. He doesn't want to step in Doc's shoes. Yeah, exactly. Either. Like, you know, he's, he's not doing it because um he doesn't want to like, you know, get in a fight. He's doing it out of like respect. And also the fact that he knows how close he is to Doc is a couple of years away of cynicism and <laughs> bourbon to be Doc. It is the the case of any good Western mm. that uh, the progress of civilization is a topic in the movie. Yeah. And I think it's <clears throat> not by mistake or by chance that Clementine ends up being a teacher. Yeah, that's another kind of... Um just that her character is more interesting than is often found within westerns and that she does become a teacher that she gets a career she has a you can see her future and she's a very good nurse as well yeah she's had a career her future is not just going off into the sunset with wyatt her future is she's going to stay and help build this town yeah she's going to bring the civilization it's like the it it moves that like people first you get all the wild men Mm. Well, first you get the natives, and I think that it's one why it's age kind of okay, is that as soon as you you bring natives into the picture and Western, especially from the forties, mm. it becomes very problematic because it's like the the topic of bringing civilization to the people. Yeah, to the savages. It's kind of fucked up because well, it's a genocide in, yeah in retrospect we know exactly what happened and what still happens so it's but i think that the in this movie the topic is touching on the savages that the white savages that take over the west first mm. the people that steal the west were savages and then you come with the white and dark characters that kind of in between men yeah. That they're willing to kill and walk around with guns and have shootouts in the middle of the street. Mm. And then after that, it comes like the church, the school, happiness and stuff. And the white, even though he wants that, mm. he can't have it because he's a frontiersman. Yeah. So he's he, his go duty is to walk, buy his cattle and go to California. What do you think of the decision of uh, showing Chihuahua's death off screen? I liked it because I thought it was it was a good choice because up until that point you have a lot of shots of her where she's kind of lying when she's there in the beautiful light incidentally just note on the light I know this is the 40s and that all women are always shot in the same way but it is interesting that both her and Clementine are both given the same Chihuahua is never portrayed as a bad character or like scum or something or lesser yeah. or lesser you know like she's given equal footing you know in in a lot of ways but you really see it in the lighting and how she's portrayed in the same kind of like you know beautiful heavenly shadowless light but um rita hayworth light but um yeah so you've already got that build up of her lying there and kind of being like you know oh doc etc so i i kind of i like that that's off screen that you don't have the big dramatic a lot of the deaths in this are off screen like even i think doc you see him fall down 
but you don't really see him after that because at the end of the shoot, I don't think they come over and then he just goes dark and then it's like, oh, it's like, oh, I've got to get his boots to like, you know, bury him. Yeah. But um, I think that that is a strong choice because you don't need to see the gore or the dramatic like, oh, you know, for it to be impactful. So I think that was a good choice. But also it gives a bigger impact when um, they ask Doc uh how did it go mm, and he, and he goes did, yeah. he, she was a brave girl mm. and then later and on he says it doesn't he no he says that as soon as the operation is over yeah because he's a good surgeon enough to know that she's not gonna make it yeah but everybody else is just taking it that she's gonna make it mm. so you see the change in the char- doc's character straight away yeah. after the operation as in that he went back to be this man to be the doctor yeah for nothing yeah and I think that it is the first death of Doc Holiday, if you <laughs> you will call it, that it prepares him to the second death. Yeah. The actual death. And it makes it the that change in a victim mature's eyes mm. when he knows that she's going to die. Mm. It's the when um, Wyatt tells the, the town people that they're like, oh, should we make a posse? And why it is no, this is strictly family business. Mm. And they go, what about Doc? And he goes, he has family business as well. Mm. You understand the family part in that argument. Yeah. That he perhaps is not as in love with Chihuahua as Chihuahua is in love with him. Mm, But he's still, but it's, he will revenge her her death. And the other question I was going to have for you Mm -hmm. is the film was famously cut by half an hour by the producer. Daryl Zanuck, which is mm. not news to anybody that knows anything about Daryl Zanuck, who was like the Harvey Weinstein of his time. Yeah. And um, for one, the cut, the original cut can't be found. Oh. So we don't know what the half an hour was. But is the ending that is changed and we know for a fact what the change was because it's the only shot that was shot in the studio and it jumps out when you know it is the kiss on the cheek Oh! at the end. Because at the end that John Ford recorded and that he was adamant that it was the correct ending, mm. he only shook her hand and walked away. Ah. And obviously because it took a producer to call a grade A actor, grade A actress back to shoot and waste all the money to paint a background. Obviously there's a big difference between a kiss and a handshake. Yeah. And what do you think would be the more suiting ending for the movie? Suitable ending for the movie? Handshake. John Ford is always right. Yeah. No, definitely. Because as you say, yeah. Because especially how how they they leave it as well. Like it 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 feel yeah. It's kind of out of character really because they're like Wyatt especially is so respectful and so like to kiss a, a on you know in on, the cheek yeah even, like, like that's yeah it feels correct that he would do the respectful thing especially when leaving her because it's like you know this is the last time probably he's ever going to see her you know and like i think they he conveys what he needs to convey to her kind of and she conveys what she needs to convey and the things that they say rather than what they do because that's kind of like how things operated back in the day when you couldn't touch people. Um, <laughs> like, you know, Ooh, uh, or you had to I curtsy. can see a bit of ankle there. <laughs> but um, yeah, like even just in how she says, um, uh, 
you know, oh, you know, maybe you'll you'll come visit. I think I can't remember what she says, but she says that oh, you'll come visit the schoolhouse or whatever. You know, like that says that that is how they convey it. Him kissing her just it yeah, it feels out of place. So I I'm, I'm on John Forge's team in this one. Uh, the other question I have mm-hmm. is, uh, do you think the the film stands up? Obviously, like you really enjoyed it, mm. but do you think that the film has aged at all, or uh, in in particularly if you found the four by three photography distracting? Um, I didn't find it distracting. I noticed it at the start, and then I just settled into it, and then you know. But I did think halfway through, and as well, especially at the end whenever they're going to the whenever they're going to the shootout like there's some beautiful wide shots and I just thought imagine what that would look like you know in widescreen it doesn't feel like it was made in the 40s at all like I could imagine if you if I'd watched that and you told me it was the 60s other than it being in black and white I would have been like yeah and like from that regard it doesn't feel placed within the decade and the era and the like even within like the genre at that time it don't you know like it transcends that i think but then sort of in relation to the present um i think it holds up really well i think the characters hold up really well i think like the writing the dialogue the it doesn't feel it's just missing an awful lot of the kind of like cliched western dialogue and like or not even dialogue but even whenever it does employ like western tropes like you know sliding the uh sliding the drink down the table and everything like it, it gets away with it because they're placed within scenes that are so well developed and set up that it, they get away with all these little placements of the you know what i mean of like the different kind of genre tropes so i think it holds up incredibly well like still can't get over that this is 1946 like it's just incredible it is one uh every time that i watch it, i gain a bigger appreciation for the film yeah especially as like every so often there's like western revivals mm. and the good ones really call back to this one like unforgiven yeah. and stuff like that yeah it's all it's about mad, like the consequences like... and stuff like I, I think it's the quinta like the quintessential western Mm. is that it has the correct balance of all the ingredients that makes a western and i think that like filmmaking is kind of an alchemy Mm. and particularly when working when working within a genre yeah and i think that it has it it is not my favorite western Mm. but it is the best western (laughs) (laughs) ah <laughs> like, uh, yes the difference between favorite and best <laughs> because like the, i can't can't find a flaw with this movie yeah like even the shootout at the end that is not like epic or whatever is that it fits the movie yeah. so well yeah if it hadn't been like even the fact that in the background at one point they pause because there's like i think it's stage coach goes past yeah you know like just little things like that like it, it doesn't i think if it had div- sort of just dissolved into like a massive shootout and it had gone on for 20 minutes and you know slow motion some pack and pop oh yes it's funny though like when you say slow motion because there's certain points um like whenever they're in the barber shop and at a certain another point as well where um things in the background of the of the 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 room are being shot at yeah and things are exploding and i don't know if like it's at certain points it almost looks like strangely slow motion Obviously, like, slow motion was invented, uh, but I don't think it's, like, intentional. But I was kind of looking at it carefully. I need to rewatch it to actually see it because they look, they burst. They don't, like, it's not, like, 
it's like there's like a you know you can like almost, it, it almost see it flowers yeah and like that scene i love that scene in the barbershop as well because even though everything's happening really quickly yeah. that kind of weirdly slows it down a bit because you're suddenly it's it's not like sometimes especially in movies like this where the effects aren't great so whenever you, someone's shot it's like really and you're like what were they shot what you know like here it gives you the time to understand what's yeah, going on yeah which is good because especially when that's there's like bullets flying everywhere and i love it as well the uh, going back to the barber it is the 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 effect of having like the the bar the barber the restaurant everything in one place mm. is when they had the operation for Chihuahua the like next door in the bar like well, it's, it's like they're getting pissed like nothing had happened I love it so hard whenever like you finally see the sign for the barber and it's like barber and dentist <laughs> <laughs> I was like yep that's where I want to go oh, the all the shit about the 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 fucking perfume that he gave him was like oh that's me that sounds like a desert that smells like a desert flower me barber barber <laughs> favorite thing uh i think i said this earlier but yeah that scene the first scene like this last part of it before they go to the theater between, the whole bar scene. yeah yeah that whole bit just with like the <laughs> their conversation the interaction with the bartender just everything your man coming in just every bit of it it was just brilliant. It's just like I love as well as it. Like, how many days is this supposed to be set over? Like about ten days. I, I like, don't even think it's that long though, because somebody at one point somebody says three days, and I was like, what? <laughs> but they're like bros. Like, <laughs> I just love that. Like, it literally takes Doc, like, or not Doc, takes Wyatt like an afternoon to fall in love with Clementine. <laughs> and well, like, if you haven't seen a woman in about like. <clears throat> 22 years like chihuahua there's other women there though yeah but in the sense it's like uh, Mm. (laughs) she's still single she's a good dancer too well like it's the with chihuahua is more that like in her her introduction like she's trying to steal from him yeah that's true but at the same time it's like uh, i i do think that it portrays the the romanticism of the time like Mm. the people did believe in love at first sight and yeah especially because like encounters were so small like if you couldn't like seal the deal let's say and get married straight away yeah uh, you wouldn't see never... the person ever again you couldn't yeah. contact him it's like yeah when i send you a letter you'll probably be like 55 when the letter gets to you <laughs> like and um, what was uh your favorite part of the movie ricardo um i think john ford <laughs> his uh, uh, so the movie <laughs> the hollywood reporter made a in their review and this is a, a read a few years ago okay that always stuck with me it goes like i the reviewer goes john ford is a great director Except when he goes to the arty bits, because <laughs> apparently shooting a movie well in the 40s was frowned upon. It's like, oh, there's a little bit of shadow here. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> is that a French picture? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Go back to Europe, son. Fucking, you're, you're wearing an eye patch and making a movie in the middle of the desert. And he actually like... Back in the day, like, John Ford went and, like, people didn't stay in a hotel. They they would build a town in the middle of nowhere and people slept in the set. Massive it was, like, camping, whatever. <laughs> like, with a dude chomping cigars with a fucking <laughs> missing an eye. <laughs> Just, like, not talking about anything. It's like, what's my motivation? I don't know. Read the fucking script. <laughs> and he makes, like, the most, like, gentle picture yeah, you can make. Poignant. Uh, least favorite thing about the movie? Uh, me or you? Uh, well, I'll do mine. I don't have one. <laughs> um, Ooh, what? Uh, Did I hit the jackpot here? Is this the is this the first flawless recommendation? 
No, there must be something. I don't think so. Like, I mean, this has got like a fucking like scene where they dance at mass. I mean, you can't fault this movie. Like, <laughs> well, he's like, we don't have a preacher. <laughs> I don't think God would frown upon a good old dance. Uh, but yeah, like honestly, um, other than whenever he fucks Chihuahua into the the water, I kind of wish that she'd like hit him or something. But other than that, I don't really have any real problems with this film. What about you? Uh, mine would just be the the kiss handshake business. Ah, yes, yes. And but Which when I watched it, I was not aware. Yeah, but that's the thing is that it's just because I'm aware that mm. instead of being like ninety nine point nine percent perfect, the ending <laughs> it could have been a hundred percent because it's so slight the difference, yeah. and it's like. Why would you fucking go into the expense of yeah, doing that change? Yeah. Ford was right at the end, Sanuk. The rest. <laughs> Suck it. Suck it, Sanuk. Uh, I think that brings that to a close. But <laughs> well, I'm uh, surprisingly pleased. I was very. Like, I was like rolling up my sleeves, oh, ready for another fisty cup. Waiting for a fight. Uh, no, 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 no. We are in complete agreement. This is the most Breaking like the... Uh, fangirl, fanboy reaction that we've had to a film <laughs> I yet. I know. Nerds. Uh, so next week's film is chosen by me and it is Dreams of a Life, a documentary directed by Carol Morley. You can reach us on Twitter at Direct Game, Facebook The Recommendation Game and The Recommendation Game at gmail.com. Uh, I was Ricardo Deacon. I was Orna Magnetis. And thank you for listening. See you next time.